0: collect reviews and you try to hide from the bad ones and you just get a review and that's it, you're done with it. Reputation marketing, where we're, we're kind of leading and we're, why we made the big pivot and are really charging forward as the leaders in this field now are getting your reviews, understanding what your views are saying, putting them uh, in certain ways in front of audiences so they can see them at the right point of the process. You build trust and you start to build a little bit of a cycle, right? So that not only are you just getting some current business, you're going to start to get customer driven growth as well, which is all the hard work you're doing turning into more opportunities. And um, whether it's referrals or things of that nature, that's where a nice job is kind of full steam ahead in that reputation marketing. Space.
1: Welcome to the Home Service Business Coach Podcast with your host, David Mowerman. You will learn to grow your home service business and transition from being the technician in your business to being the CEO and leading your team to success. Get a front row seat where you will get practical advice from industry experts on how you can level up your home service business. Get ready to take some notes because we're going to jump right
0: into it here.
1: All right, you guys, quickly before we jump in, I wanted to tell you uh, something exciting. We have some open seats in my high-level coaching program. And so uh, if you've been listening to this podcast for any amount of time, getting value out of it, you can only imagine how much value is behind the scenes when you actually work with me as your coach to systematize your business. So a very, very short plug. Uh, I'm looking for 10 more entrepreneurs who are serious about leveling up their business into the 2022 season. That's right, I said 2022, because right now, guys, the work starts. It takes months and months to actually build out your business for next year. And so I'm looking for 10 people to join me Uh, in this pursuit of a fully systematized business to serve you the business owner. So if you want more info on that, you can go to my website, check it out. You can book in a call to speak with me and I'll give you all the details. Without further ado, enjoy the episode. All right, so you guys know how important reviews are uh, to power your home service business. It's absolutely massively important as we close up the year 2021. We look at the horizon here on 2022. And so as you know, Nice Job helps power this show along with Jobber. Um, Today I wanted to highlight uh, one of the top dogs at Nice Job, uh, Mr. Sean Hill. Uh, He is a wealth of wisdom when it comes to the online game and review. Uh, management uh, review marketing and everything to do uh, with Google reviews and making it easy for your home service business so I wanted to bring them on here for about a half hour episode Uh, and we talked about even scheduling like a part two just because there's so much value here so just wanted to thank you for listening and tuning in for yet another episode Uh, we're on episode 38 now uh, which is pretty fantastic I've been able to have awesome guests come on and highlight their stories and their expertise um, To put it in your ears as you're driving around today. So, I hope that you enjoy uh, this talk that I have with Sean uh, and that you can learn all about Nice Job and just how important reviews are for your business. So, here comes the interview. I hope that you find a ton of value in it. And if you do, go ahead and share it with a friend. Don't hoard all the information for yourself, it's free information. Share it with a friend, share it in a Facebook group, would mean the world to me. Thank you so much for watching, and I hope that there's a lot of value in here. Well, what is going on everybody today? It's Dave Mormon here, home service business coach. I got my friend, my buddy, uh, Mr. Sean Hill from Nice Job. Sean, how are we doing today, my man?
0: I'm doing great. And thank you so much for inviting me to come on and uh, get a chance to to talk with you and maybe share some stuff with the audience as well.
1: Yeah, man, totally. I know uh, you've got a podcast as well for those that are listening. If you're an information podcaster like me, uh, check out the Nice Job podcast. What's the title of the podcast called, Sean?
0: So the title of the podcast is The Nice Job Podcast. Uh, and part of the reason we did that is because if you weren't familiar with what Nice Job was, it sounds like a witty name, but if you are familiar with Nice Job is, then you know that it's a, a trusted source of information. But uh, we're in season three now. We made a little bit of changes because we, we put it on YouTube, but we've changed a little bit of the format on YouTube. Uh, in the audio only version, uh, we try to make it something that's really kind of similar to yours where it's it's digestible, it's quick, but you end up filling your notepad with everything that you get. And we love hearing from our audience as well. so. We, we've we had audience uh, choose certain episodes for us or point us in the direction of some experts they want to talk to. And we do all the legwork work to reach out to them. So so similar, to, if you listen to this podcast, I think you like our podcast. And so why not just subscribe and listen to both? Just
1: that easy. Best of both worlds, man. You were actually pretty instrumental too. I know I was on the Nice Job podcast, I don't know, maybe like a year ago now. Yeah. But um, it got my wheels turning of like, man, this is a really good idea to reach a very niche certain type of audience because it's my belief that the people who turn in tune into podcasts they tend to be action takers right there they want to there's a difference from like those on facebook groups and youtube and then those that actually like tune into podcasts i think you get a higher quality uh or, or not a higher quality person just a higher quality person who wants to really grow their business like quickly
0: yeah, the one thing we, we try to do with our podcast, and I'm glad to hear it kind of spark with you is, you know, I get the benefit of being the host of the show to talk to these experts, to talk to these people within the industries and, uh, and learn from them. And so I try to stage it as, look, we're all going to learn together. We don't try to come in that we know every single answer about every single thing. But I, you know, for the audience's sake, we'll ask some dumb questions. Uh, and for the audience's sake, try to make sure that everything's kind of clear and actionable as well. Because I agree with you, the people who listen to the podcast tend to take action. And if somehow you stumble upon this one and you don't see yourself as action oriented, I say in most of our shows that all you should do is take something and try it because that data point, success or failure is going to help you in the long run. So uh, I always say if you're listening to podcasts, not only going to be a better business owner, you're probably a better person as well. So uh, I'm all for the medium, uh, no matter what form it takes, video, audio only, anything like that. Yeah, it's fantastic, man. You are uh, very well spoken, man. I
1: can, uh, I'm can. i glad I got you on today. So this is going to be fantastic. So for those listening or watching on YouTube, let's start off, man. Tell us, uh, tell us who you are and tell us secondly, what what Nice Job uh, even is.
0: So uh, I'll start with me and I'll keep it very kind of short. I'm the community director at Nice Job. And so what that means, the, the full title is almost like community marketing director, but I uh, like to say is I serve as much as our internal audience as our external audience. So as much as uh, I want to introduce people to nice job of the product, I also want to make sure that they can use nice job to the best of their ability. But quite honestly, if I can even like distill it down a bit more is I come from the world of, of sports. Uh, I worked in the NHL. I worked in minor league baseball. I worked in tennis and USA you know, so rugby, all the other stuff. And what I was designed to do or what I found uh, was kind of where I belonged. Was taking people that are passionate about something and getting them more passionate about it. And so we talk about, you know, when I talk about Nisha, about, you know, making a fan base and doing all those things, it's interesting of how similar uh, a football fan is to someone that really loves their plumber. And it doesn't sound like they go together, but there's certain qualities that kind of align. And that's where Nisha, the product kind of comes into, is that it's reputation marketing software. And I'm sure a lot of you out there have heard of reputation management. Reputation management is kind of the old style of you collect reviews and you try to hide from the bad ones and you just get a review and that's it. You're done with it. Reputation marketing, where we're kind of leading and we're, why we made the big pivot and are really charging forward as the leaders in this field now are getting your reviews, understanding what your reviews are saying, putting them uh, in certain ways in front of audiences so they can see them at the right point of the process. You build trust and you start to build a little bit of a cycle, right? So that not only are you just getting some current business. You're going to start to get customer driven growth as well, which is all the hard work you're doing, turning into more opportunities and, um, whether it's referrals or things of that nature, that's where nice job is kind of full steam ahead in that reputation marketing space. So it's simple to use software, uh, and we're always trying to evolve it make it better every single chance we get. It's amazing, man. You,
1: I've never heard that before. So reputation management's kind of old school, 2018, today, 2021, looking at 2022, it's reputation marketing using what customers are saying. The yeah, banner in on you next. You
0: got all the background. So this is the the work from home setup. I have to use uh, the the old paper there. And my yeah. wife came in and grabbed something and blew some wind. I'm gonna fix my background facade there. But I am listening. Go ahead.
1: Do it. Well, it's an interesting point, man. Reputation marketing is kind of the new way where we want to be in our businesses. So is this basically like essentially using what great stuff customers are saying about us and using that for this flywheel effect, just to go out and get more like-minded customers. Is that kind of what reputation marketing is?
0: Yeah, like in, in, a, in a sense, I would almost say at the core. So the best way I could really describe it is think of like brand marketing, right? Which is what you want to be, right? Like brand is not reputation. Brand is the what you're promising to the customer, what you're setting out, your look, your feel, all that. And then your reputation is the public saying, how much did you live up to that brand? Right? If you say you're the best, where are you the best, right? If you say you're the most friendly, where are you the most friendly, most affordable, best value, whatever sort of taglines you want to throw out. So if you take you know, brand marketing and you take reputation management, which is just trying to you know, curate the reputation best you can. You take almost, if I can brag a little bit, the best parts of those things, that's reputation marketing. So you're constantly curating the best reviews. You're creating a system that shows that you're gonna accept all feedback. So the biggest change, I know we might talk, touch on this a little bit later uh, in the show here, is when you get bad reviews, what ca- actions can you take from that? And what can you do with it? But ultimately, as you're recruiting, as you're building your systems in place, is you're now defining that, hey, our reputation is going to be a key pillar in everything that we're doing. So reputation marketing is, one, you got to be a great business. You got to make sure that you're doing the correct things, going out and getting that feedback. If you're not, you're going to get that feedback and find out where you need to improve once you get those reviews, so say you get it posted on a Google My Business, doing something like with Nice Job, you can automatically share it to a Facebook page. By doing that is now you're getting two pieces of user generated content and you're now getting two different touch points. Mm-hmm. So for example, someone searches you, find you on Google, they start scrolling the reviews, they happen to see your Facebook page maybe fourth or fifth down because they now search just your name, then they go there. How great is it that they're gonna get social proof, step one, Then they go to your Facebook page, social proof step two. They go to your website where you're having reviews posted in real time with the engage widget, or you have it on your stories, widget, or something like that. That's touch point three. They're going to build such a slayer of trust that they're going to come in ready to be an active buyer. At that point, you're now setting up, okay, this person knows that if we're going to ask about how their experience went, they also know that we're going to take what they say and put it out for other people to see. They're now immediately invested in it. And so where that customer driven growth flywheel starts to come in is that you get them in, you give them a voice, you say, Hey, we're going to give you the opportunity to tell your experience. Then you're going to make it easy for them because you're automatically sharing it and stuff like that for them to spread that. And then you go a bit step further. Some of we are working on is reward them for sharing their experience. So not like paying for reviews or anything like that, but like referrals, recommendations, right? If you help us get another customer, kind of build it through there. Yeah. And then it comes back around where that whole thing starts going uh, round and round. But the key part where reputation marketing really separates reputation management is nice job a feature, like topic insights, which they have, I know we get a chance to really check out, but it tells you for, through machine learning the positive topics and the negative topics contained in your reviews. That's going to help direct your marketing. That's going to help direct your internal policies. That's going to help you correct issues. It's also gonna help you figure out who on your team is actually embodying the reputation and not just dressing up in the brand. Yeah. So that's the biggest sort of separation is that it's kind of more proactive, but it's also something that actually goes into the foundation instead of just being a vanity cycle. Yeah, it's
1: fantastic, man. Very, very thorough explanation. Thank, thank you so much for that. Um, you know, just so the listeners know too, Nice Job um, helps power this show, right? And so we, I can't say that without us actually using Nice Job. And you know, we, we I'll tell you what we did, Sean, we actually had our Google short link, we would get our technicians to text out to customers and that kind of got us like our first 150, 200 reviews maybe, but then when we pivoted and just made a system around this, when the job's done, the guys close the job on Jobber, customer gets texted and then emailed, it's like our conversions are now way up and we, we've now crossed over 300 Google reviews, um, largely thanks to, I think, Twofold, it's partnership, What our team does and then the the ease that nice job makes uh the process you know for us just to rack up those reviews so it's just been it's been like a phenomenal tool in our tool belt and i think um it's really benefited benefited me as the business owner and it's also like almost helped embed itself into our company culture at revive where we now have we start every monday morning meeting on zoom uh once a month we're in person but on zoom and we celebrate um, these reviews that were, were generated the last week. And it's just a, it's an amazing talking point um, to start the week with.
0: And you kind of touched on it is that if you are just kind of starting and you don't have an added system in place, is NiceJob's software is going to give you a system you can automate and go through. But I always tell members of our community or, or people that want to know more about NiceJob is, once you start using it, or once you start doing anything, I'm going to go out of software for a minute. Once you tell yourself that we're going to do a job and we're going to ask for review, some people don't ask. The simple way to do it, you know, obviously bias, but use the software, like nice job. It's going to send text message, follow up three emails, have key follow-up points, smart features and things like that. But at the very least, just get it in your head that at the end of doing it, yes, they are paying you, right? Maybe they're even giving you a monetary tip depending on the industry and something like that you still should be asking for a review because it is going to turn into marketing gold, but it's going to be that first little piece of feedback is going to tell you what you can improve on because even the five-star jobs, uh, there's some improvement, right? I always joke that if Google's goes, Hey, guess what? We're now on a 10 star system. You'd be surprised how many of those five stars end up falling into a seven or eight category. Right. Yeah. But if you really want to get the, the, the top of the top. So I think as you grow on, you start giving your you know, technicians or your team, something to say to prime the customer to leave a five-star review, right? And then you start figuring out, all right, well, we're gonna use our reviews. We're gonna use it for, like you said, team morale, but then we might look at to guide our marketing or might look at it to make a a change. Or you also could find out, we really love this thing that we advertise and our customers don't notice and don't care. So why are we wasting time? Why are we wasting a whole day of our training talking about this one particular thing that doesn't actually net us anything? when we perhaps could use that time a bit more efficiently. So that's, again, the reputation marketing cycle kind of goes into it, but I know the marketing part is in there, but realistically it's about creating this reputation culture within your business. And that's going to be a key pillar for you. That's what, how you scale, that's how you succeed. And that's ultimately how you are taking all the hard work you're doing and maximizing it to its uh, peak efficiency.
1: Yeah, man, we find you just, you got to build the frame with the customer too, right? Like they've seen, the reviews and uh, not to quote a wedding crashers line but the one guy says you know everybody wants to be part of a miracle and it is true like when you can uh, relate to your uh, customers and say hey we want to grow our brand locally in the community uh google reviews give us immediate feedback so we can make your service even better um could you do me a favor and leave me oh no problem at all like if they like you already man you should be getting reviews I'd say on at least 30% of your jobs but if you're owner operator I could see that going as high as like 66% like two-thirds of your jobs kind of thing if they like you you're gonna get a good review and it's just this flywheel you do this over five years and you get hundreds of reviews it's just like absolute dynamite you're gonna be a menace in your area with
0: all these reviews and at the core of it, NiceJob is designed to make it easy for them. So it's super easy for you to use as the business owner, but it's about eliminating as many barriers as possible so that they can leave a review as quick as possible because they're probably willing to help you. They're probably willing to leave a review. But, you know, you talked about having just the link there. Send that Google link to someone who doesn't have a Google account and they got to go log in do the other stuff. Okay. That, that's a barrier right there. And, you know, I, I hope, Dave, you're still using it now. Like, the review.new, that Google shortcut that NiceJob has the exclusivity on, now you still have a one link. So even if you don't do it in the regular campaign, you just send that one link out, you know the ability for them to actually find the site that's right for them to leave the review. So again, make it easy for them and they'll help you out because they like it, right? If you're doing it right, if your customer journey from the first touch point through the final completion of the job, if you have all those ducks in a row, they're gonna be happy. They're gonna have that moment of peak happiness that if you just make it easy for them, they'll leave you that review. Yeah, man, keep it easy. And
1: I I really believe we're moving towards more of a frictionless society. You know, people just don't want to deal with extra BS. They don't have to. So if it's dead easy, it, it's more likely to get adopted. So we've touched on some like key benefits. Is there anything else you want to add in just to make sure we don't miss anything? If I'm listening to this, I own Bob's Window Cleaning. I do $96,000 a year. I've got 18 Google reviews. I'm listening to this. I'm like, what else is in it for me, man, as a business owner that, I, that I, this should be like a must? Is there anything we've kind of missed what, what Bob's foregoing, not, not doing
0: this? Well, I'll say this. To, to, to Bob with the 18 Google reviews and to Roberts with the 1,800 Google reviews, what you're going to get from Nice Job is the ability to actually have your finger on the pulse of what your reputation is. And so where we are going in the future, what we're trying to evolve is make sure that you always have tools at every sort of stage but really allow you to understand where your reputation is at because you're never going to own it. You can't own your reputation. All you can do is set people up to either confirm or deny what you're trying to do. And so again, you can say you're the best all you want, but if no one else does, you have a real hard time sort of selling that. So uh, I think we didn't really touch on, you know, there's a convert website product, which is a website designed uh, with high conversion rates. So if you're not familiar, it's how many visitors actually go and take an action that's a key part of that cycle. So if you have the nice job review platform, you add on a convert website where that's already kind of infused into, now you're starting to create this super robust sales funnel uh, that kind of all comes together. So we don't, we don't go too much into the website product part because honestly, you gotta make sure that you have a reputation that's worth putting everywhere. So we'll start in one regard and then we'll build you up for there. So if you're just starting out, you probably can go both products, but if you're already well established, remember there's some competitor that could be coming up on your heels. So why not just give every best tool available in your toolkit? Totally. So talk to us, man. What's the future of these online reviews? I started my business in
1: 2016 and I had a business prior to that painting business and we were all about our Google reviews. And so I took that mindset into building my cleaning company and reviews were important back then, but what do you think in kind of crystal balling it lies in the future if we look at into 2022 here are they becoming more important are they changing um can you kind of comment on what you guys foresee the future being uh, with the online review game
0: yeah so reviews are never going to go away right um and you hear some people talk about like oh well maybe the future reviews is is video or some other stuff like that's kind of been tried and it didn't really catch on doesn't really get right because there's that the front facing element, some people don't like to be on camera. There's also, you know, where can you actually host those, the amount of bandwidth that it takes up. But reviews and word of mouth is a key part of society. And at some point, we might be another social platform that comes out and that's where everyone sort of goes. Or at some point, maybe there's another search engine that, that takes over, uh, maybe some of these giants combine and something like that. But in the end, social proof is so psychologically ingrained in who we are as humans, it's not gonna go anywhere. So that's why I kind of talk about, and I know, uh, you know Lars and some of the other nice job gang, it's a little bit, it's like, as much as I wanna talk about the software that we're doing, the main takeaway you should get is, you need a system in which you're gathering social proof. And so reviews aren't gonna go anywhere, and especially seeing you know, a pandemic and things like that, there's nothing actually charged in the statement, but I think it'll resonate is, you've heard from so many experts, real experts, people that aren't really experts, that wanna pretend they're experts and things like that. And where'd you end up looking? You look at your friends, you look at your neighbors, you look at your family. And because of that, and that social proof being ingrained, online reviews are always going to be a source of, uh, you know, knowledge in people's decision making process. Because people also, as they get more technologically savvy, understand a little bit more how the internet works. And they understand ad copy and they understand some of these things more and more. The first, you know, 60 year old guy that finds out that his, uh, you know, youngest or his oldest granddaughter is going to school for social media like that's it that's the degree just that right that sort of realization they start to realize there's more at play so as people get more savvy they're going to look for real and customer reviews will always be real because it, you need to try to fake it you need to try to go do greasy stuff like hire a copywriter from some country to leave a bunch of fake reviews on ten thousand fake accounts google's cracking down to make sure to take that out so that they can keep their trust but ultimately that word of mouth in the digital sense is always going to exist. So it's never going anywhere. It's just going to amplify. Maybe the mediums might change or kind of navigate, but that's why it's important right now before the future is even here to realize it needs to be a fundamental part of your business.
1: Yeah, it's so true, man. Like if you're, I always tell the people we work with too, like if you're building this thing over 10 years um, that should be the mindset. I think that, you know what, Reviews in 2021, 2022, 2023—they're all going to be relevant and help build this snowball into being something pretty awesome uh, over the next decade. So, you know, do they change? They might change, maybe, but I think for the foreseeable, I would agree with you. Like, I think they're here, they're justified. I rely on it myself, right? What's the best sushi near me? What's the best whatever? Um, That—that's just what we do. So. Unless like human behavior suddenly changes after thousands and thousands of years. Like, I, I don't know. It, it seems like it's pretty set.
0: And the last thing I'll say is the internet is hungry, right? And a online review, I mentioned it earlier, is the piece of user generated content, mm-hmm. the internet needs fresh things. Reviews are the freshest things. So again, even if maybe they change how they're left or something like that, internet companies, search engines, all that other stuff is they want people to keep feeding this beast that's the internet. So Reviews aren't going anywhere. And if they go back to reviews and there's some technological crash and they're printed in a newspaper, it's still going to exist. There's no way if technology rockets forward or a meteor hits and we're back in the stone age, there's no way someone doesn't go, hey, ah, what do you think of that? There's no way it doesn't happen.
1: Yeah, totally. So tell us, man, what what should we do if we're listening to this and we get a one-star review? Uh, And I'm going to even say – Tell us if we'll say it's an unjustified one star review, you know, because I I go on enough of these groups and you see someone who gets their first one star review and maybe it wasn't justified. Can you just tell you're you're the review expert here? Just tell us maybe a scenario or two how we could, you know, get through this because it's a big deal for some people really knocks you off your game when you got 54 shiny 5.0s and then you get that one star from the person who maybe it's unjustified so just talk to us for that about that for a couple minutes
0: yeah i mean i can honestly say that the number one thing is to fix it right you you're like wait no i just prefaced it It an unjust review it's not it's not fair why did it happen and usually the reason that we've kind of figured out is bad reviews come from a failure to meet expectations. Doesn't mean the expectation is realistic. And if anyone's seen on any other show, yes, it's the exact same thing I say every time because it's the truth. I can't not say it, right? Um, but sometimes the unjust reviews are because they expected something that you couldn't deliver, right? Or it's something that you didn't clearly communicate or you might have thought you did, but you didn't kind of to you know evaluate or double check that you did that. So ultimately, if you get a bad review, there's one way I like to think about it and and I would recommend to others, is no matter what your business is, put yourself in the mindset of that you're in a brick and mortar location. And someone, you're behind a counter, someone's on the side of the counter, and they're saying their review to you, and they're saying it loud enough so everyone in that room can hear. When they hit post, that's them exiting, walking out of your brick and mortar store, right? So you're gonna respond to that review. And you're gonna hope that they hear it through the door. But chances are, they're like, no, I said my piece, I'm not listening. Can't make me satisfied. But there's still people in your waiting room. There's still people around your location. You don't speak to them like you're ignoring the person. But what you need to do is say, hey, if this sort of thing happens, if you, future customer, feel exactly like this person does, this is how we're gonna fix it. This is how we're gonna get better. This is how it never happens again. And just remember that sort of mindset. Because some of you want to come in and want to defend, defend, defend. But if someone's angry, you might not be able to win in that moment. I would recommend trying to make it right. Take that part maybe offline. Try to really connect. Uh, If you did make a mistake, please own it. You don't have to own it in the most public sort of way. But please tell that individual that you heard and you improved. Because that's what they're looking for. And another thing people have heard me on other shows. I always relate to this because I think it's apt is like romantic relationships, right? A lot of the vows are death to his part or sickness and health and all that stuff. The reason that's all there is people wanna see how you react in all situations. So someone looking for you, goes, you know what? I think this person is gonna do a great job on my windows, but what if halfway through, I don't like what's happening? right, or what if uh, I go to call and they don't respond? Or or if I have a a question about my invoice, how are they gonna respond to those sort of things? That's what people are looking for when they read all reviews. Cause the glowing five-star one talks about everything you do. Right. And there's a certain percentage of the population goes, yeah, but it couldn't be that good. Right. The little like oppositional defiant part of it. Yeah. So if you get a one-star review, you get a bad review, figure out what the nature of the complaint was. If it's unrealistic expectation, maybe evaluate, is that something you need to bring up? Like, Hey, just let to be very clear. I can't do this in less than 15 minutes. It's physically impossible on this planet to get this done in less than 15 minutes. But if someone left a review and said, oh man, it's going to be, I thought it was going to take 10 minutes. Well, you didn't clarify to them that it wasn't. And that was their big pain point. And perhaps if you told them, hey, I can't do it in less than 15 minutes, maybe they go elsewhere. But guess what? Unless there's a competitor in your market is distinctly advertising that they'll do it in 10 minutes or money back, that's probably not the customer you want, right? They're just trying to grease more out of you. Yeah. So you find out what the nature of the, the issue was. You figure out how you're going to fix it internally. If you can fix it externally. So you make it right with that customer, go ahead and do it. But the response and how you turn that into marketing gold is say, hey, this is a moment in our history and we're only going to get better from here. And so some people just starting out, you might get some bad reviews kind of rolling in. What they want to see is that if you got eight bad reviews in 2018, people want to see that you got seven or less in 2019. Then they want to see you got six or less in 2020. And even if it's eight, 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 They wanna see that's not for the same thing. So in 2018, people were talking about you not being on time. And in 2020, they're still complaining about you not being on time. Mm -hmm. You didn't improve. That shows you're not gonna get better. That's you for your romantic partner going, you know what, he's never gonna put that seat down. He's never gonna do it. Yeah. (laughs) And maybe that's okay for some people, but that's how the relationship goes. So if you get a one-star review unjustified or purely justified, you're really gonna handle it the same way as I kind of laid out. As for, people always say like, oh, well, can I get it removed? Or can I, can I hide it? Or can I do something like, uh, you know, send an email to see if they're actually angry before I ask for a review? All that nonsense, all that's doing is you're either A, gonna enrage the person even further that's already upset. But more often than not, it's just gonna make it look like you're trying to dodge and duck and really only perfectly craft what's out there. And people like realism. You know, people like superstars, but think about celebrities, right? They, they're on this pedestal and things like that. And the most popular, the two most popular things for celebrities are what they're famous for. So their movie star being in the movie. And the second most popular thing is them getting coffee and sweatpants, Yeah. <laughs> right? People want to see the magic and they want to see the realism. So yep. the same thing in your reviews, people want to see the magic. That's what's going to get them to go. But they want to see the realism. They want to know that, you know, they don't, you can be a 5.0. Some people like, oh, well, uh, should I be a 4.6? No, if you can be a 5.0, be a 5.0. Just make sure you're a 5.0 with 3000 reviews and you're getting one almost every other week. Yeah. Not a 5.0 with five reviews and you've been in business eight years. Yeah. So good,
1: man. I feel like if you haven't done it already, you could probably write some content around that. Maybe you've already done that, but that was uh, really well laid out. I, I like all the examples. I know when we got our first one star review, maybe my second year in business, it's just like a stabs you right in the heart. But you know, part of growing this business too, is detaching identity and worth from who David is as a person and who revive is they're separate entities. Right. And I think our business is our baby. We care so much for it and it's just like someone stabbing a a knife in our heart. Right. That's literally what it feels like when you own the business, but when you can step back objectively and look at a 10 year plan for this thing and be like, look, I'm going to bring on a team. They're not perfect we don't try to be the perfect parent. Don't try to be the perfect business owner. And I think you create bonds with people when you show them like your flaws, right. And be like, Hey, I screwed up this thing. So what people want to hear is just, you're a real person. You're a real human. So I think I even do it too, man. I go onto GMB and I'll search different whatever. And, Uh, I'll I'll rank by the lowest review because it's almost like reading like the juicy gossip on the company, right? Like, ooh, what's behind the scenes? It's just kind of interesting.
0: I'd also say for business owners out there is some people, because they own a business and they understand the impact of reviews, sometimes change their behavior, right? So you know what? I didn't like that, but I'm not going to leave a one-star review. I'll just never go there again, right? I'll never use them again because I'm a business owner. I don't want to put them through that, but I'm not going to do that, right? Or maybe... You know what? I'm just gonna put it as a three star because I want to get my message across, but I understand what it's like I don't want to bury them. Right? Well, just think about your feelings in that moment, and think of what either could be said to you or what you'd want if they were gonna make it right. And again, sometimes making it right doesn't mean all the time. Oh well, uh, uh, we'll refund we'll, we'll your money or we'll kind of something like that. Sometimes making it right is it'll never happen again. Mm-hmm. Right? I know we relate this time. It's never gonna happen again. Like we can't build the time machine or you know what the service that we did and the effort my, put, my team put in there, yes, being five minutes late is unacceptable. But me giving you back the full freight kind of is unacceptable to my team that maybe they were five minutes late because of travel or something like that. We got to plan our routes better. Or maybe it was for some own thing. So what am I saying to my technician now that I'm just completely refunding, even though they worked their butt off once they actually got there? Yeah. Right. And so by making it right is saying, it's not, not going to happen. You're not going to happen again. You kind of go that part. And, and ultimately we're we're kind of going around, but it's like, that's the thing when you hear about bad reviews is it always comes down to one core thing that they, was a failure to meet expectation. Right. And so again, sometimes I said a million times, it could be unrealistic. I thought this was going to make my home look 10,000 times better and only looks a thousand times better. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Well, you, maybe you got to set that down because it was it the uh, under promise over deliver sort of thing. Mm-hmm. It sometimes in your sales process, you might see that you're really getting people really young. If I told people on this podcast right now, like if you sign up for a nice job, you'll a thousand reviews tomorrow. Some people might be thinking that even without me saying that, but if I don't go down and say, Hey, our tagline used to be get great companies reputation they deserve is because we're going to give your customers the easiest pathway to leave a review. So if you have flaws, I'm not saying it's going to come out, but I'm saying is, this would be the way that you might find out about that right but also you know if you're collecting reviews you also find out that people tend to bring up their objections a bit earlier so sometimes that's the big thing you to change is instead of just asking at the end which you absolutely shouldn't get that review is you need be preparing along the way so someone could say like oh i thought three o'clock like oh no i sorry i said between three and three thirty because you'd like to make sure of what like yeah. you can almost get things in the bus you'll find out the more you start asking for reviews the more views you have overall more people bring objections earlier on the process as well. And you start avoiding the one-star reviews just because you've kind of shown in the initial touch point that we're going to listen to what you have to say. And we're going to, we're going to do what we need to do.
1: Yeah. I love it, man. You got to, I think back to the one star, you got to definitely take the ownership. I think that's really respected. And then um, as far as getting more reviews, it's just, it's, it's priming the customer along the way. We mentioned the review as early as when we're doing the estimate Either we're booking on the phone virtually for a small job or we're quoting in person. Um, that's in our process, right? Mentioning the the five out of five service. We'd love to gain your reviews, your referrals. So then when the technicians show up, they mention it at the introduction and then at the close-up. So at the close-up, it's not like a surprise that, oh, what's all this talk about a review? And I think as more businesses ask for reviews, a consumer, every time you buy something on Amazon, you get an email, right? Feedback, you leave us a review. It's like, I think it's just becoming... More normal in our society to leave businesses a review, um, but I think really playing on that like local community aspect—we're in the community, we want to grow—is really like struck a chord with our audience as far as getting a, a better conversion rate. What we'll end kind of with that, man. What do you think is a good conversion rate if if Bob's window cleaning did ten jobs this week?
0: So it's it's interesting because so much goes into conversion rate. Right? Um, because for example. The honest answer is like out of a hundred, you're probably getting like maybe five or less. Right. And the reason I say that is that's if you're just kind of throwing out, Hey, can you leave us a review? But that conversion will go up a little bit. If you're like, Hey, can you leave us a review? And I'm giving you this easy link to click and go through there. And then it goes up even more if you're saying, hey, just so you know, at the end of our process here, we're going to ask for a review, really really leave it. And then it goes even further from that. Or it goes even further if they are coming in because they read a review from one of their neighbors that you were able to put in front of their face. So conversion rate kind of goes through. What I will say is focus less on the conversion rate of your reviews, right? And focus more so on the conversion rate, like, based on your system. So if you have someone at the end, that's ready to almost like physically hug you. Remember hugs? Physically hug you. If you can't get a review from that person, there's a problem with your system. There's an obstacle in the way that shouldn't be in the way, right? It's the, I like to use the analogy of when you go to restaurants, if they didn't print tip on the thing you sign, right? Yeah. People. Some people probably would tip a little less, like not as often, but it's right there. It's, it's that perfect opportunity there. You're saying like, hey, here's the meal, how much it costs? tell us how we did that's what restaurants kind of learned right away is they put it in there every single time and yeah it's a credit thing like that or maybe you know you're gonna just take stuff out of your pocket but if you want you got a bill and it didn't say tip on it you might not think right to do so but when you see that on there what pops in your mind okay how much of a tip I should leave Mm -hmm. food was good but I did wait for that extra soda or, you know what, like, I don't like, uh, I feel like we were kind of rushed out of here, or maybe it wasn't that great, but you know what, I know it was kind of busy, man. You start evaluating, right? Or including like, oh, well, I want them to think I'm a good person, so I'm gonna leave 20%, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. not actually based on that, I'm internalizing. it. So the same sort of thing is, you can get your conversion rate if you tell them, we value your opinion, we're gonna listen to your opinion, and we're also, you know, depending of your uh, review, is something that we feel could help others in your same situation, same type of window, same type of lawn, same type of service need. If we can help use your story to help that person, well, our goal is to help everyone that needs our help and your story can help us do that. So almost think of it a little bit less of I'm trying to get more sales and you're trying to help more people and you set that back up there. So conversion rate wise, it's lower than you may think, but I will tell you once that ball starts rolling and you know Dave, once you get that system in place, then all of a sudden comes something you're not even thinking about. When you work 10 jobs, you're worried about how many of those 10 jobs are going to book you 10 more. Mm -hmm. And with the reputation marketing cycle, that's the thing you'll start to notice. And that's the thing you'll really focus on because you know you're going to get reviews. You know, it's going to keep coming in, but then you get that customer driven growth going. Now you're really expanding and growing.
1: Well, I know Sean, you're a sports guy. It just sounds to me like we're putting the ball on the tee and the customer is just grand salami home run out of the park, right? Making it easy for them. To leave that review and and tell the world how awesome their experience was and again this whole 40 minute conversation you can throw it out the window if you're not offering great service so that's step one but assuming you are as most people I meet in the industry they are really trying to do a great job this is almost just like a mirror shining back at you being like okay this is awesome but hey fix these things so um, it's fantastic. So Sean, how can someone learn more? They've listened to this podcast. Um, they, they've maybe heard about nice job. What would be kind of the next action steps? Is there a trial they can try out? What, what would be the best uh, kind of action uh, at this point?
0: Yeah. So we do have a free 14 day trial uh, of nice job standard review platform. So you get kind of the full boat with it within that. If you sign up for free trial, you get the free engage widget, which you can put right on your website that's free forever. So keep that uh, even if you don't continue past the 14 day free trial. But as for where to go, I mean, nicejob.com obviously is, is the website. Um, depending on show notes, comments, descriptions, something like that, uh, we'll put a specific link to kind of go through just so we know you came from the podcast here. Um, and, and we'll get you set up. But at the very least, you know, feel free just to reach out to me if you just want to kind of talk about some of the things I talked about here, if you want to hear uh, how many different analogies I can put on the stuff that I said. Um, because ultimately nice Job at its fundamental core is about trying to help business owners and have that tide raise all boats. So even if you don't want to use our software, you don't think you're a fit for our software, we'd still love to get to know you because if we can grow the community and really rely on one another in this sort of space, that's how we all succeed. So NiceJob.com or the specific link that we'll have uh, included there or just reach out to me, uh, however you can find me, Sean at NiceJob.com, spelled correctly, S-H-A-W-N uh, or you know Facebook, Sean Hill, Either way, connect with me. I'd love to chat with you.
1: Beauty, man. And uh, lastly, too, you guys got a pretty rockin' Facebook community, too. So I'll link that up as well, the, the private nice job community. Is that just for paying members only, Sean, or is that, uh, is that anybody?
0: So if you are on a trial, you can get in there and things like that. Um, all we do is if you're not a, a paying member of the community is it usually have like the post approval or something like that. Um, just because we really want that space to be for our community to connect with one another, but we want like-minded people. So we want other business owners. We want a lot of different industries. Um, the reason it's private is at first was our feedback, our internal sort of feedback thing. So beta testing and stuff like that. Yeah. Still opportunities within that group. If you're in that group, and you haven't checked it out in a while. Still opportunities within that, but yeah, you can check out the Facebook uh, group as well. But yeah, usually we try to have people that at least have experienced nice job so they're yeah. all coming from the same vantage point. I love it, man. Well, thank you Sean.
1: You're a you're a gold mine of wisdom and uh, on many subjects, but also just on this review one is just so important as we crest upon a new year here, uh, looking at the new year. It's, it's great to get some gold nuggets uh, from you uh, directly because you interact with, with hundreds, if not thousands of service businesses. So super, super cool uh, feedback that you got, man. And we'll definitely need to link up and uh, do one again at some point, I'm sure.
0: Yeah, I think I'm going to have to come by and actually uh, visit you guys at Revive over there. Uh, have a little fun with you, but looking forward to it. And thanks again for having me on the show. You bet, brother. We'll chat soon. Sure.
1: Thank you for listening to the episode today. If you want to get even more value from David, then book your free coaching call at homeservicebusinesscoach.com.